Your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Thanks for tuning into the podcast as we talk about investing, finance, and retirement. What's up, bud? How are you this week? I'm doing great, Mark. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. I got a little bit of a cough, and uh, I didn't want to tell anybody because I was afraid they're going to look at me like I had three heads. You know, <laughs> That's what we're going through, right? Uh, yeah, it seems to be. So let's jump in and talk about that a little bit. Obviously, it's getting all the headlines. We've had an interesting – at the time we're taping this podcast – uh, we are a day after the Fed did a cut, and we're back up a little bit, about 2% or so, but we've had an interesting seven or eight days here with the coronavirus news along with the market drop. Uh, correct. Yeah, and that's been, we're getting that question a lot, not only from clients, but, you know, just prospective clients that, you know, we've met with over the years and things just saying, you know, kind of what's going on? Is it all about the coronavirus? Right. And, and really all the market volatility that we've had is, is really a function of several things. So one, in one aspect of it, it is actually about the virus and the concerns from a medical standpoint, but that's actually probably the least of the three or four main reasons. Uh, another main reason is if you think about the virus, and I'll give you a couple examples just in our practice, okay. that, is that it's less about the medical and unfortunate kind of human aspect of it and more about what's going to be the impact on the economy going forward. We've already had you know, a large automobile manufacturer, one of the three largest automobile manufacturers last Friday came out and said that they've got 30 days of parts. I've got a client who's in logistics. He works at O'Hare Airport, and they have those big bombers that carry, you know, just huge amounts of cargo. And typically, they said they get, you know, six of those a week in from China on average. Right. That's down to two, and then they're expecting only one every couple weeks going forward for the next few months. And so, you know, they're already talking about layoffs and other things. So what you're starting to see is some of the unintended consequences of what happens when factories shut down, when we're relying on you know, an international supply chain. So you get some industries that normally wouldn't be impacted by the virus itself at a local level, but then there's this kind of spiraling snowball effect of it slows down other economic activity throughout the world. You know, so that's a, that's yeah. a really big thing there. And the, and the third thing realistically is you know, what we tell clients is you know, the markets, if you look at them over the last 10 years, have gone straight up. We haven't had a recession in 10 years. The economies were already slowing, and then now this is kind of tipping us over a little bit. So what's happening is maybe we were just a little overbought in the markets to begin with, and this is good as good reason as any, you know, to sell off. Well, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up, a couple of those pieces, because like, yeah, I mean, the Chinese workers make so many things for the whole globe, and they didn't work for several weeks. Like, everything was closed down. So that just naturally, you felt like there was going to be a bit of a slowdown. But I think I think it was probably the speed of it that wound up getting so many people um concerned or frustrated, but there's some other things in that too. Like I know that there's some computer algorithms and there's different things that kind of can trigger uh, some of that. So I think it kind of caught people off guard at the speed of it. Oh, absolutely. I think you had the fastest 10% decline in the you know last hundred years of the market or so is you know, what they were saying. So, right. you know, but the alternative is if you think about it, just investing in general is, you know, most people you lose that kind of money, uh, death by a thousand cuts, right? Yeah. So it's just a gradual drawdown, a rally, a bigger drawdown, a rally, a bigger drawdown. And you look back three, six months later and you're like, where'd the money go? 
you know, this just happened to be rip the bandaid off and get it done in a week. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, and to be fair, just to kind of put some perspective on there, folks, you know, even though 2019 did finish up high, you know, we, you know, some say 27, 30% or whatever, uh, there were a couple of times when it dropped, you know, almost 10% in 2019. And then of course, 2018, I think was the second fastest single drop. Um, if, if we're comparing that around the Christmas time. So you got to kind of keep these things in perspective because the markets do move in cycles. And we've been saying for a while, we thought 2020 was going to be volatile. We just didn't, you know, counter on the, uh, the virus portion of that kind of kicking things into gear. So bear that in mind. If you have questions, if you have concerns before you take action though, folks, before you, you know, go too off the rails, you should always double check with your advisor. If you're not working with one, it's a great time to reach out and talk with Michael and his team. Uh, and go through your individual specific scenario. I imagine the good and the bad, Mike, is that you're probably fairly busy right now, right? Plus yeah, it's tax we're, season. We're busy with you know tax season. Our, our practice, our CPAs will do over 700 tax returns now. So you know, I, I try to limit my involvement in that. But the you know on the investment side, it's client reviews. It's our quarterly client reviews. It's our you know tax reviews and those. So. You know, we stay pretty busy, uh, in, in, independent of what uh, what we're fighting in the markets. Gotcha. I gotcha. Well, if you do have questions, like I said, reach out to them at 815-526-3092, 815-526-3092, or go to crystallaketax.com to learn more, crystallaketax.com. All right, my friends, so let's talk about, uh, we'll, we'll deviate off of that for a few minutes here on the podcast, and we'll just talk about some stages of retirement planning and this kind of actually can factor into the conversation we were just having, because if you're three months away from retirement, then you probably were a little bit concerned this past week, unless you had a good plan in place, then maybe you weren't concerned at all. But if, uh, you know, depending on your age, you may find yourself, you know, whatever level you are getting close to retirement. So like myself, Mike, I've broken this down into a couple of categories. Let's we'll start with the 15 years or so out from retirement. That's where I find myself. I'll be 50 here pretty soon. And so maybe you're, uh, you know, if we say 65 is the average retirement age. We'll just, for the sake of the argument, we'll just make it 65. If you're 15 years or so out, what are some things we should start thinking about? Yeah, really the, the three biggest things that you want to look at is, you know, you kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel from a retirement perspective. And, you know, I'll be 50 this year. So we're kind of in that okay, same boat there we go. Yeah. is that, you know, one is start taking a look at the risk that you're having in your portfolio. It doesn't mean you still don't want to have risk assets, equities, you know, be involved in the market. It just means you might want to start dialing it back a little bit because once again, this is a large portion of what you've spent the last probably 30 years saving. The second thing is you want to also start looking at how am I going to begin in the future, even though it might be almost 15 years away, start saying, what things can I do now that can start to increase the potential retirement income streams that I have available? So if you're eligible for a pension, when's the best time to apply? Should you look at you know annuities and insurance products or things that'll have a guaranteed income stream for you, you know, or you know, maybe you got rental property or something. But at the end of the day, it's start putting things in place long before you need it to make sure that you know what that income is going to be in retirement. And I'd say probably, you know, the third thing is since that we're in that 15 year window is really start looking at the various debts that you have. One of those might be your mortgage. Is there a way to get that paid off before retirement? So you need less cash flow in retirement. If you've got credit card debts, what's your plan to knock that out ahead of time so you can continue to save more for retirement rather than sending it to the credit card company? Okay. All right. So those are some good things to think about in that 15-year window. Let's kick it up a bit and go to 10 years. Now, we should start to kind of speed up or I, not speed up, but maybe ramp up the process a little bit. 
No, absolutely. So if you're about 10 years away from retirement, then now all of a sudden you're starting to say, okay, what's my social security going to be? Social security is going to take your best 35 years of earnings. So if between what you earn now, or maybe even throwing in a little side hustle or something in there is going to increase <laughs> your taxable income, that's one way to increase your social security benefit rather than figure out as you're knocking on the door of retirement, what it's going to be. What can we do in the interim to actually increase that since that's a lifetime income? Go back to the risk side of it. Now we're 10 years away from retirement. Let's dial back that risk even a little bit more. The upside is great, but we want to make sure we're not giving away big chunks of this as we're approaching retirement. And then what you really have to start to do is take that income plan, kind of what we talked about at the 15-year mark, mm -hmm. and really start putting it in perspective saying, okay, let's sharpen the pencil a little bit and say, based on current expenses, what do I actually need to do to generate a sustainable, predictable income in retirement when I take a look at what I've saved what I expect to earn, what I expect to continue to save, and then you know whether I have a pension, social security, so that you go in and say, okay, I've got to start kind of crafting my lifestyle to where within the next 10 years when I retire, I'm going to know exactly how much income I'll be able to get, and I'll also have a pretty good handle on my expenses in retirement as well. All right. Well, we're talking about stages of retirement. Uh, we kind of are doing this from the, this is a pretty simple category of 15 years out, 10 years out. Uh, some things to think about. Mike's given us some good thoughts, some good nuggets to kind of grab a hold of here. So let's move into the five-year window, Mike. And and so now we're probably 60, more than likely, and we're getting closer to the retirement uh, age of 65. And again, we're using that as the basic hypothetical. What are some things to really get ramped up here? Five years out now, we're looking at that those 10-year assumptions that we started with. You know, What did we say we thought our income was going to be needed? How were we going to generate it? How have our accounts grown, you know, hopefully over those last five years. Right. So now all of a sudden, you know, you're within that five year, that kind of red zone of retirement. But now go back to the risk side. Now you've got to start looking at saying, okay, and you know, take current markets into perspective as well. All right, what's more important? Trying to take a lot of risk and get double digit gains on my accounts? Or understanding that this is probably some of the largest amount of money I'm going to have going into retirement and I can't afford for it to fall off the table you know, or get cut in half just a few years out from retirement. So at that point, when you're five years out you know, and even five years into retirement, that's kind of the 10 years that are the biggest and most important part of making sure that, yes, we want a reasonable rate of return, but we got to make sure we're positioned so that large chunks of that can't just go away because otherwise we might actually have to start bumping our retirement date out. And that's the last thing that we want to do. Right, right. And so with a lot, a lot of the things going on, that's kind of the same kind of questions that you have. Having that good plan in place is going to help you hopefully mitigate some of that stuff when you have the ups and downs when it comes to the market side. But then, of course, there's a lot of the other pieces that he uh, also highlighted. So let's go ahead and zip forward here to the final day. We're at the big day it's time to retire. What are the absolute essential things we hopefully have already figured out and accomplished at this point? Well, the first thing we're doing is probably popping the champagne and just celebrating <laughs> that we got here, right? right. So the, the next thing is, and really it's a build up to that final day, is you know when you get three to six months out from that, then all of a sudden, you know what you've been doing the last 15, 10, five years, assuming it's been you know that strategic is the way that you've been planning or whether you just started a year ago is now all of a sudden you start saying, okay, are all my investments in place? Is my budget in place? My emergency fund in place? That's now, since I'm at retirement day, I can turn on the spigot for any supplemental income that I need, whether that's from social security, pension, or getting a sustainable, predictable income stream off my investments so that I know that, A, I'm going to be okay and generate the amount of monthly income I need to pay all my monthly bills in retirement, but I'm also going to be able to get a rising income 
over all these assets so that as inflation and cost of living kind of you know takes its toll over the next three, five, 10, 15 years, we've now positioned to have you have a rising income. You know, so celebrate the day and look forward to things ahead. Okay. And that's it, right, Mike? We're done. So once we get to retirement, we don't need anything else. There's no reason to think about the future. It's a set it and forget it kind of mentality, right? Uh, th- th- that's how, <laughs> unfortunately, some people, uh, you know, so I sometimes I get individuals coming in at the second act of, of their uh, retirement where, you know, they say, hey, I've done everything I thought that I needed to do. And then they just kind of turn the lights out and say, okay, I guess I'm done. But the, <laughs> right. the reality is that's not the case. The reality right. is, you still got to kind of monitor what you're doing. Another thing, and I we tell clients in our workshops all the time, is it's not even the market that's your biggest risk, although for some, if you're taking too much risk, of course it is, but it's taxes. How are you controlling the taxes you pay in retirement? Justice Leonard Hand, who was a, you know, a, a judge back in the day, said with the U.S. tax code, there's two different tax codes, one for the informed and one for the uninformed. So for anybody that doesn't actually have a tax strategy in place in retirement, they're using the government's plan, you know, which is always going to have you pay more. So part of that, now that you're retired, doesn't mean that you stop worrying about taxes. You start saying, okay, how do I pay less taxes today or less taxes over our lifetime? That becomes a big thing. You also start taking a look at your legacy plans. Now that you've accumulated whatever it is in retirement, you have your spending plan and your budget and where your income's going to come from. Now, all of a sudden you say, okay, well, what about the what ifs of the world? What happens if I get sick, if I need health care, long-term care, how am I going to pay for it? Uh, if something were to happen to me or if we're married, me and my spouse, how do I want these assets distributed and do I have the documents in place to make that happen? So that's part of having a holistic plan that addresses not only your income, but your taxes, how much investment risk you have, health care concerns, as well as your estate plan. All right, folks. Well, and that is what Crystal Lake does. They're a one-stop shop that can help you through all these pieces, these retirement stages, if you will, uh, the CPA, enrolled agent, paralegal on staff, just all things that matter, you know, that come together when it means uh, retirement matters, they are able to help out with. So just reach out to them and let them know if you've got questions or concerns, whether you're 10, 15, five years out uh, or whatever the case is, get on the calendar and reach out to them. Maybe you got this through a newsletter or an email blast and you haven't yet gone to the website, well, go to crystallaketax.com and uh, you can sign up for the podcast. You can sign up, subscribe to that, excuse me, for whether it's Apple or Google or Spotify or whatever platform you use. Just go to the website at crystallaketax.com or you can just search Retirement Matters on any of those podcasting apps you happen to use. All right, and with that, let's finish off this week with an email question. It's from Tanner in Crystal Lake. Tanner says, Mike, we have had uh, we had kids later in life than most people. So they're still going to be in college when we are ready to retire. Should we just make them get student loans instead of trying to come up with the money to pay tuition after we're already going to be retired? Yeah, so Tanner, uh, thanks for that. Uh, One of the things about that is realistically, if loans are going to have to be an option, you know, for your uh, kids' college education, one of the things that you're going to have to look at is making sure that they're taking into consideration what the long-term impact of that's going to be. You know, so yeah, it, it might be easy, especially these days, to borrow a lot for college. You know, there is no income-adjusted amount that they let you have. They just say, hey, if you need it, you can get it, <laughs> independent of how you're going to pay for it. And many times, the parents are on the hook with a Parent PLUS loan, kind of guaranteeing that. So typically what we do is we start to say, okay, are there more economical ways, either in-state tuition, you know, maybe community college first, but, you know, in this example, let's say we've done all that, you know, we've vetted out all of the options and it makes sense for them to go to college XYZ and it makes sense for them to either get loans or 
for you to come up with the money. Now, the reality is that if you think about it, if you're getting close to retirement or going to be in retirement while they're there is they have the ability down the road to have paychecks, get increasing income. You don't. When you're in retirement, you are on a fixed income, independent of how much you saved, independent of your Social Security and your pension. There's going to be a limit to the amount of money you can have. Any money going to pay student loans, any money going to pay tuition out of your pocket is less money that you have for just your retirement lifestyle. So if things go well, what I would say is I would go the route of student loans, you know, do the due diligence and understand what the real cost is. But the reason is because you don't want to jeopardize your retirement specifically, you know, that's going to be over 30 years long, specifically to pay for a college education that you personally are not getting any benefit out of or that's going to jeopardize your quality of life in retirement. The caveat to that is that doesn't mean you can't help them. You can help them at a reasonable amount within the income that you have. You can help them that, let's say, if your investments do a little bit better or your budget goes down to where you've got a little bit of extra income or, you know, the accounts go up significantly in value, that doesn't mean you can't take out a certain amount of money and help them out, help them pay off those student loans in the future. But in this instance, and we all love our kids, I've got three, two in college right now, we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves because at some day those paychecks for us are going to go away and they still have their entire life ahead of them. All right. Well, there you go, Tanner. Thank you so much for the question. We appreciate that. Uh, some good advice there for you to ponder on. Reach out to Michael and have a conversation if you want to talk more specifically to share some more details and get a little bit more involved. 815-526-3092 is the number to call. Uh, so we appreciate the email question to the show. And again, if you'd like to submit your own, you can go to crystallaketax.com or you can just call Michael directly if you've got some questions you want to talk. 815-526-3092. All right, my friend, that's going to do it for this week on the podcast. Thanks for your time. I know you're very busy. you got a lot of stuff going on this week, so I will let you get back to it. All right. You have a great day, Mark. We'll see you next time here, folks, on Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart, founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. We'll see you next time. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.